Disney security guys roar at World Showcase. Mm -hmm. And I borrowed it for the opening party that we did in LA for Imagineering to celebrate the opening because they opened simultaneously um, uh, Pleasure Island, Disney MGM Studios, and Typhoon Lagoon. So we did one big party at the Arboretum in Arcadia, next to President. Arboretum is where they filmed um, uh, Adventure, uh, what was that show? The Plane, The Plane. Oh, uh, oh Fantasy, Fantasy Island. Island. Thank yes. you. <laughs> uh, Tarzan movies, it's a, it, it, it's, it's a wonderful space. And I, we had sent out invitations. So I had this spot where people came by with their invitations and I stamped them and I was wearing oh white. Anyway, oh, uh, I love that. guests would come in costume, come in character. They had favorite characters. You know, I, I for the life of me don't know to this day why I was shut down. I have my suspicions. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we proudly present our spectacular show of podcast magic and imagination full of Disney wonder, news, and pop culture. It's the Main Street Electrical Podcast with Jim Novotny and David Dollar. Hey, Jen. Hey, Dave. It's the Matri Electrical Podcast. Just a point of reference, uh, for the first time in like 152 episodes, I didn't do that last week. Um, yeah, I, was, I know. I was so excited you were back. I didn't get to I sing. Didn't have, I didn't I have to talk about the All-Stars last week, so this was good. I love the All-Stars, but once every quarter, you know, mentioning them is probably good. You keep bringing them up, but every now and then- I don't know what you're good. talking about. I don't even know what exactly. that is. You're like, <laughs> Fantasyland? You mean like All-Star Sports? No, so, that's not in fantasy land because it just doesn't exist. Also, back on the show is uh, is a guest we had on episode number two, over two years ago, our very first guest on the show. Um, and the conversation was so fantastic. We actually stretched it over two episodes, episode two and I think episode number 20. And this gentleman is now holding the record of the longest gap between appearances, like 130 episodes between shows. But he's here. McNair Wilson, author, speaker, uh, helped uh, lead designer on the Tower of Terror, helped design, uh, not Disney Springs, don't say Springs, helped design downtown Disney, uh, met Walt Disney, Marty Sklar's good buddy, all that good stuff, <sighs> legend McNair. Hello, McNair. I'm tired. Just listen to all that. Right? Well, that, basically, your resume is so big, that's the show. Thanks for joining us, everybody. <laughs> you know, I think I, I may have told this story, but just to remind new guests. Marty Scalara, while we were building Pleasure Island, he said, we can't build Pleasure Island next to Lake Buena Vista Shopping Village. Oh. Come up with a new name. <laughs> three days later, I had him sec his secretary beat me when he was headed to the bathroom. Had his own bathroom, but he would eat at late lunch, and then there was this long hallway in the main building, and he would walk down, and he'd meet a lot of people, and he could tell yeah. you in the hallway, he said, this is the spot where Tony Baxter and I talked about this. This is the spot where... And in the middle of that hallway was a fire extinguisher. And I stopped him one day and I said, have you read the tag on this fire extinguisher? And he said, no, the name of the company was Marx Brothers. And what, I like, said, yeah, M-A-R-X, like the comedy. Like, like the Marx Brothers. I said, is this a fire extinguisher or is this silly soap? So silly string. He said, let's find out. And one of the things that, you know, first day at Disney, wherever you work, you go through Disney 
traditions and all this stuff. And the last thing you do is learn how to work a fire extinguisher. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it has two different kinds of fire extinguishers all over, you know, and you learn how to run both of them. You get to, it's fun. And he's going like, and he didn't know how to do it. I said, pull the string. You had to pull the plug. And then, and then now there's foam everywhere. <laughs> he dropped it and said, run. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I, his receptor call, he says, he's in the men's room. So I went in and he's welcoming me. I said, hey, you want to get me a name for Chopping Village? And I pulled out one of my one of my giant markers, which I don't have near me, but the big, they're called jumbos. And on the mirror in front of him, I wrote downtown Disney. He said, that's it, spattering. Space <laughs> oh, my God. That is perfect. Had, had it been now, I could have pulled my, my iPhone out and done a selfie of me and Marty and the word downtown Disney appearing for the first time. So nice. it was that. E In fact, I thought of it almost immediately after he asked me. I thought, so obvious. But I went to my office and I had this, this three, three foot wide from ceiling to floor butcher paper. And I wrote it in the middle. So it didn't look like the first thing I wrote. And then I wrote a few other ideas. And then people would come by because I was in a high traffic. And they yeah. said, what's that? And I said, Marty wants me to come up with some suggestions for names for shopping village instead of down instead of you know and um so that, there like, you go that i love it <laughs> i love one of the one of the easiest big hits i ever did <laughs> works so jen top of the show uh before we get fully yeah. into it because we got a lot to talk about today because, we do uh, we talked about a lot last time we got a lot to talk about today but jen tradition how did you do disney this week um, well, aside from packing for my Disney cruise, uh, next week, I'm drinking from my Dumbo mug because I love him. him. He's so I love it. I love and he it. says, don't just fly sore. Mm -hmm. And this is like one of my favorite mugs because he's mm -hmm. so cute. Well, you know, right now as we're recording, it's Amazon Prime Day. Amazon Prime Day has a whole bunch of stuff on sale, they which sure of course do. includes... The Funko Pops, and this is my latest, which I got. It's the uh, the Civil War, uh, Captain America Civil War Scarlet Witch. Now, I wouldn't normally be buying this particular series. However, it has three words on here that are very cool to me, and those oh, words no. are build a scene. I knew means, it. <laughs> which means if you get all of them, you can attach them together to make a scene out of the movie, and because it's my favorite Just Marvel like movie, the shawarma scene. Just like you the got, shawarma it's, scene. It's like the shawarma Unfortunately, scene. I jumped on this late because they were releasing, there are 12 in the series. They were like releasing like number seven, number eight when I jumped on. So I've had, I've been buying these like every few weeks and my wife is like another one. I'm like, I know, but I've only got like, I got to catch up. And now not only am I buying the current ones, the new ones are coming out for pre-order. The Spider-Man just was Where was are you going to put all of these? I don't on? know because I also bought a media going? shelf on Prime Day for like $40 David. put together for DVDs and CDs and stuff. So it's ridiculous. So what? Uh, obscure, obscure reference number 29. Yes. The big, the biggest. The first time I ever heard of Funko and all its tributaries was from my very good friend, Al Arasim, who mm -hmm. is the first guy I thought of when, when we des were designing Hollywood Boulevard. We said, there's going to be a house on Hollywood Boulevard. It's always a last house on, the, on a main street. And we named it Sid Coenga's. And then somebody said, oh, it should be a gift shop. Sid Coenga's one of a kind shop. Yeah, is, of I'm, course. I'm, I'm taking all of this. It was a half hour. And I said, if there's a Sid, if there's a Sid Coenga's, there's got to be a Sid. And I immediately thought of this guy actor in Minneapolis that I met when he was in college and I was on campus as, as a guest artist and I, he'd be perfect because he's very dry and laid back but a terrific actor well he was into Funko like nobody I know and uh, I say was because mm. he's no longer with us unfortunately but a great great girl and he was the original Sid Coenga 
Mm, that's oh, awesome. I that love awesome. that that's, shop. I mean, it's a name that, services that, now, but I love it's almost it. like a name that people, the Disney people remember and they recognize. Yeah. You're like, where have I heard that name before? And it's there in Hollywood Studios. That's the shop. Yeah, it's right it's there. The shop. Right so, in the left. Um, and McNair, I will tell you that uh, I'm here at home with my kid and he's a little crazy today. So if you see me get up and disappear for like a minute or so, it's me handling him, but to just that's continue fine. talking. So, uh, so I, I am going to ask the you. I same problem with my dog and I don't even own <laughs> <laughs> So, McNair, how did you Disney this week? And I'm sure that you can just launch into whatever story you want, because, uh, like I said, we have a lot to talk about today. But how did you Disney this week? Well, you're my third podcast this week. Oh, my goodness. Fantastic. And and it's rare to, you know, um, whether it's a corporate podcast about brainstorming stuff, you you know, within a sentence or two, Disney, Disney comes up. And and somebody said, are you still connected with Disney? And I said, well, certainly emotionally I am because, you know, f- from seeing Walt when I was 10 or 11 or 12 on TV introduce uh, what he said was their lead Imagineer, and it was Claude Coates. Oh. Uh, you know, to, to this day, those things affect me. My first day at Disney as a as a consultant, when we were still doing the street theater at Epcot, mm-hmm. and, and the Imagineers just loved us. We didn't know it, but they've been watching us from before Epcot opened. Anyway, Marty took me over and introduced me. He said, uh, be sure you're on the patio at 12. We're having a special reception. And they were giving a diamond stud to put in the name tag for his 50 years at the company to Claude Coates. And and he introduced me and had me tell the story about seeing him on TV and mm-hmm. hearing the word Imagineer. And he and I became literally very, very, very good friends. Um, and, and I could tell, we could do an hour just on my relationship with Claude and what he meant to me. And the day he came by my office, first time he came by my office and said, Sam, I'm, I'm, I'm working on something over here. I'd like to get your opinion on it. And I looked out in the hall to see if there were some guys that had put him up to it. But he really did do that with other Imagineers. <laughs> that he That's was awesome. This is a guy oh who designed Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion, right. you know, did the backgrounds for Pinocchio in 1937, for God's sakes. Oh, anyway, so, so cool. the way I did this week was to, continue to tell story and use that and i say to people i know there's a lot of people who don't like disney just like there are people who drink beer i don't look you know i don't like beer and i don't look down on peasants who enjoy it but um, <laughs> but there are things sorry wine people um but there but there are so many things to be learned from the how the how the what the why and so on of disney without having to necessarily being a disney geek you know mm-hmm and people think you got to buy into the whole thing. You know, there's, I don't buy into the whole thing. So there's so many facets to it and like yeah, so many yeah. fascinating facets to it. And I try to be careful, you know, in, in like one of the other podcasts was not at all Disney specific or centric, but I said, now let me tell you why I tell you that particular Disney story. And I said, I could have told you this universal story or this Chick-fil-A story or this story that I helped a guy designed what I think is the best valet parking service at any airport in the world, mm-hmm. absolutely San Jose. And, and you know, what we did uh, to, to make it an interesting experience. And even though it's a little more expensive, it's cool because you're pulling into a warehouse and, but we decorated it like you're pulling into the, to the space below the outside deck of an aircraft carrier where they keep the planes and the way it's painted and the way things are going on, you know, and, and, whether you're military or not, people just love that. It's a whole yeah. immersive experience. So that's how I Disney this week. Besides, well, it's 
It, it's cool because I was able to actually go on a VIP tour with McNair. We were part of a group. Oh, that's and, so and Terry, Terry Weaver's conference, The Thing. I went. We had a VIP tour, my first and only VIP tour for Disney World. And uh, I felt like it was a bit short because we had done, because it was such a large group, we couldn't do a lot of stuff because sure. there were so many people traveling back sure. and forth. But we hit the highlights. And going through the VIP tour with McNair as part of the group was very, it's like watching a movie that some, like your friend is actually in the movie and you're watching it with them. <laughs> <laughs> which was kind of neat. Um, so I guess, McNair, from your perspective, I know one of the things that we did, and I can't remember if you actually did it or not, but I know you were there as we were doing it. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Cosmic Rewind. Um, your thoughts as an Imagineer on the ride itself, is this like fantastic for Disney? Or is, you know, why, what, what do you think overall in terms of what Disney is doing with, with things like that? Well, I, I wasn't feeling well that day. I don't know if I made oh, a big deal right. out of it. Um, I got a headache on the, the Bow Wow Slinky at Toys, Toys Land. <laughs> I, I, I'd never been on that ride, and I do right. fine with roller coasters. But it was a warm day. Uh, mm, I don't think we had, we had had lunch or anything, which doesn't oh, help. No, that uh, I, I need to eat, you know. Yeah. I'm weird that way. I'm, I, do, I try to do it every day. Uh, eat. Oh. <laughs> at least once. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Um, and so I just I I knew that to go on that would 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 be a fatal error. And I yeah. also for, for for the first time in my life didn't go on Tower of Terror. If I'm there, I'm in. Whether it's just right. me and a friend, or me and me, yeah. or me and a group of people. But I just knew that was going to make it worse. And I wanted to I wanted me to be available to to, to everybody. And neither of those right. Well, I didn't work on Guardians. Mm -hmm. um, Here's my take. I here's a fabulous ride. I bet you it is, and I look forward to riding it. It is, it, with, it, yeah. I love with it. Each park, we set up criterion for what this park is about. Mm -hmm. Disney MGM Studios now deals Disney Hollywood Studios. I'm going to live in infamy. Um, it's not even a name; it's a subtitle to a book. Um, <laughs> all of them have sort of a prescription, a marching order. Here's what they are. With mm -hmm. the studios, it was not rides of movie stories that's disneyland that's universal mm -hmm. studios that's fine if you go through a ride at disneyland pinocchio you're experiencing the story of pinocchio right but at the studios it's behind the scenes it's the how-to so that when you go through pirates of the caribbean if you look up there's sky there there's a cyclorama it's an enclosed story mm -hmm. but when you go through the great movie ride and you got to the Munchkin Village, if you looked up, it's scaffolding and lighting. You're on a soundstage. So it's right. behind the scenes. Right. And we stuck with that on every attraction, except when we decided to put in Star Tours, I said, if we're going to put Star Tours in the studio, then we must have at the end an, a, a, an opportunity either to leave the attraction area or to go on another path to look through a smoke glass window and see how the thing operates, you know, to have, see mm -hmm. it up on, you know, and I'd seen that behind the scenes. Right. Some people don't want to see that. They want to reveal the magic. Eisner loved it. And the operation guy says, ah, I said, guys, it's just another walkway. And then you're out. Nah, I didn't want to do it. So at that point, we broke the criterion for that park. And ever since then, so for me, hmm. it doesn't work to do guardians in Epcot. What, what's that about? Oh, cause it's an outer space. What right. is, what's next? Turn uh, Spaceship Earth into space balls? 
<laughs> I I honestly think though it was a matter of Epcot needed a, an extreme attraction like that. That yes. was what was coming. So like, let's yes. put it in Epcot. And so you know, if if it had been Animal Kingdom that needed an extreme attraction like that, they would have themed it to something different and called it the Indoor Chaser or something from Star Wars, something else. I don't know. They would have. I just think it, it was too. I th- I just think it was too easy. Right to say space and space. I think mm-hmm. it, there needed to be more of a connection. Uh, for example, Everest. Everest works. Yeah. Oh, that yes. works. It's third, mm-hmm. it's third world. It has a great look to it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so on. So, so it's those kind of things. And, and I rarely. T- I don't think I've talked about that with five people in my life. The the Guardians thing. I do talk about the you know parks having their criterion. Um, so that's that's all. And I, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's I just think it's incorrect according to the criterion that we set up for the four parts. Well, using that criteria, do you think Tron fits into to Magic Kingdom in the, in Tomorrowland? Oh, sure. Because because you're 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 writing Tron, you're writing the story of Tron right. in the Magic Kingdom where you're where you experience the, the the you know, experience the movie of, of Tron. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Also a fabulous ride. That I is a great people, ride. <laughs> most people like Guardians better, um, mostly because of the thrill, the thrill aspect of it. Uh, Brady Tron does not. Brady really, likes well, Tron better. But Brady's also somebody who, who doesn't do a ton of heavy roller coasters, does he? I mean, he's no, he he will. It's just that the way Guardians moves can yeah. uh, trigger just like a little. Yeah, I can only do him, I so. do it once every thirty minutes. I can't do it back to back. I have to have yeah. a little break there. Whereas Tron, so. he was like, it's like the right length, um, and riding in the mm-hmm. front row is fabulous. So right, yeah. Right. Good ride. Good, good ride. Yeah, so good ride. one of the things that we ended on, and for anybody listening who didn't hear the original episodes with McNair, we talked all about, of course, designing Tower of Terror and how McNair met Walt Disney and kind of his his growing up and coming into the Disney theme parks and, and working for Disney as well as an Imagineer, um, which is great. And I want to, you know, definitely go back and listen to those, but uh, I don't want to rehash a ton of that. What I do want to talk about is something we ended on, which we didn't get to, and that is the Adventurers Club. Now, this is something I think a lot of younger people, especially love the hat don't know a lot about a lot of people even my age maybe are just coming into disney in the last 10 years don't know a lot about because people are like i've heard of pleasure island but i don't know a lot about it adventurers club can you walk us through maybe some history and working on that and what that what that what that is actually there had been for some time at throughout the disney corporation especially at disney world and even the even the operation drones who operate all the facilities um a, a desire to create something in the way of nighttime experiences for guests other than restaurants mm-hmm. and, you know, the Disney World Shopping Village. And and when you get down to it, the Disney World Shopping Village was initially created to, to open something in Florida as soon as possible while they mm-hmm. were building the Magic Kingdom, the Contemporary Resort Hotel and the Polynesian. And, you know, on the very first bubble chart, the big kind of layout that they did, they had written there'll be a contemporary hotel here and a Polynesian themed hotel there. They were never meant to be names. They were descriptions. Mm. Again, yeah. the mm-hmm. subtitle. And Marty never told me, but he said, you know, we had a whole package of what they were actually going to be named. But I said, ah, that's what they're called. It's like the movie ride was great moments at the movies. Oh. And then some executives said, I ah, just call it the movie ride. So I made a list where I renamed every attraction in every park down to its most generic you know mountain with snow on top mountain mountain with train with old train <laughs> going through uh uh small buildings and big boat which is one of the great 
undiscovered attractions at 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 all the parks, the canal boats. Mm-hmm. Um, and people don't realize they keep updating it. They add things. And I just so so the the compromise was the great movie ride. So the first the first iteration was to walk around and say, what are our most underperforming shops at this at the village? Could we put something in there? And there was at one time this wonderful jazz club there. And mm-hmm. it, if you ever went in there at night, it was filled with cast members because they're the yeah. only ones who really knew about it. Right. It's on the map, jazz club, you know. <laughs> and and they had not big name, but quality jazz people. And then somebody said, what if we built a space? And Chris Carradine, one of the Carradine brothers, son of John Carradine, the actor. Chris is the brother of David and Robert and, you know. And uh, Chris Carradine looked at an aerial map of Lake Buena Vista and saw at the far end, next to the to the to the riverboat there, um, this this little isthmus. So here's the shopping village. And he said, if we carved right through here a waterway, we could turn this into an island. And then we began to brainstorm: what is that island and what's on there? And we came up with this this erudite world traveling adventure loving guy who took the cotton of the south and made big sales for the cutty sarks of the 1800s and then world war one broke out and he built leggings and Mm -hmm. tents for the world war world war one and his name was meriwether adam pleasure and he had two 'er ne'er-do-well sons and as he went traveling around the world he would send back this stuff that he collected not unlike some of my gear here in my museum. Yeah. That's here. awesome. I love that. <laughs> I, my, I call it my studio office. That's one word with a big O in the middle, studio office. <laughs> and, uh, and his wife said, get this out of the house. And the house was what became the uh, Portobello Yacht Club. I don't know what they call it now, but it's that restaurant. Mm. So he went up the hill and uh, amongst all the buildings that were his manufacturing area there on Pleasure Island, and built this building, a library, where he collected all his stuff. And that became the Adventurers Club. And we, when we described it to management, they loved the idea of it. They loved Joe Rohde's initial concept painting. And Michael Eisner says, is there anything like this anywhere? And, and I said, no, we're going to have to screw this one up on our own. In other words, <laughs> everybody learns from each other's mistakes. Universal does this piece of crap, so we don't do that. We do this piece of junk, and they don't do it. <laughs> but on Adventures Club, we said there really is nothing like this. Uh, there, there was an environmental and theater piece in L.A. at the time that we all went to called Tamara, Tamara, where you follow the actors into different rooms. So we, we just began to brainstorm and come up with the character names and the space. We spent every first uh, Sunday of the month or second Sunday of the month at the Rose Bowl shop meet in Pasadena buying stuff. Keep talking. I've got a wonderful uh, uh, object lesson. And and we sent off to the Beekman Archive, uh, um, an organization in New York that has something like 80,000 old photos, some of them historic. Oh, Oh, wow. And we got several of them. And we sat down one day and wrote captions for them as though these were the stories from the Adventures Club. And those are the photos that were all over. And we said, well, how are we going to put captions on them? And I walked in one day with the typewriter that my father gave me as an eighth grade graduation present. 
because I wanted to be H.L. Mencken. I wanted to be a, a reporter. I was on the <laughs> So this is literally the typewriter that every caption in the Adventures Club was typed on. Oh, oh my wow. gosh. Typed them on newsprint. Still works. I just need to get a new ribbon. And uh, typed them on newsprint, soaked them in tea, so on. <sighs> and the idea was that you just, if you had never, it, it, the, the best way to experience Adventures Club, you can Google it, is oh, Wikipedia has a great three or four page outline telling how it worked, who the character were, mm-hmm. characters were, and so on. Guests loved it. It had a, something like a 96 or 97 guest approval rating, which meant that on any survey, and to any question where Adventures Club could be the answer, it was the answer 96% wow. of the time. Like, wow. what was your favorite a- attraction? What's the best thing you did this mm. week? What was your favorite restaurant or bar? What You know, there's a lot of places you could have said Adventures Club. Uh, three yeah. favorite things of the week. And guests would say, Pirates of the Caribbean, nah, 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 Adventures Club. And it's rare to get in the 90 percentile, let alone 97. Wow. That's Ran just 20 crazy. years. Yes, loved it. When they announced it was shutting down, I mean, the people just s- swarmed it. Uh, there's no reason for it not to be there. It was where the, nope. what I call the Edison Club is now, the Edison Club. And the Edison Club, big plans. Oh, it's going to be environmental and there'll be characters, just like they promised us for Galaxy's left and right edge. And mm-hmm. what are there? Some stormtroopers watching around. And if you're lucky, Tuesdays at four o'clock, you'll see Ray running through. Um, and it's too bad. It's too bad. I just did a podcast with some yeah. guys talking about what to do with the Star Cruiser, the the, the, the hotel. Yeah. So th- it, it was one of the favorite things I worked on. I always had a great time when I went there. I could sit down and say to the bartender, who, all the bartenders were named Nash. I say, Nash, my regular. Uh-huh. And if it was a new bartender, they'd turn to somebody else and they'd tell them and there'd be my glass of red wine. Uh-huh. Um, and I would always dress looking like I was, you know, this was, uh, you may or may not remember, this is the helmet that the um, yeah. security guys, Disney security guys wore at World Showcase. Mm-hmm. And I borrowed it for the opening party that we did in LA for Imagineering to celebrate the opening because they opened simultaneously um, uh, Pleasure Island, Disney MGM Studios and Typhoon Lagoon. So we did one big party at the Arboretum in Arcadia, next to Pasadena. Arboretum is where they mm-hmm. filmed um, uh, Adventure. Uh, what was that show? The Plane, The Plane. Oh, oh uh, Fantasy, Fantasy Island. Island. Thank yes. you. <laughs> uh, Tarzan movies. It's a it's it, it's it's a w- wonderful space. And I we had sent out invitations. So I had this spot where people came by with their invitations, and I stamped them. And I was wearing oh white. Anyway, oh, um, I love that. Guests would come in costume, come in character. They had favorite characters. And, um, you know, I, I, for the life of me, don't know to this day why I was shut down. I have my mm-hmm. suspicions. Um, and that is because it was heavily scripted, but improvisationally infused throughout. Because there'd be a dozen or more characters in the space at any given time. Besides the main salon, which you'll see when you look online. Yeah. There was a mask room, the, 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 the three little rooms. And I stood in that room when it was just just the framework of the building and the roof with Chris Carradine and I think it was uh, Rick Rothschild, who was the show producer for the whole island, and Michael Eisner. And he says, is this going to be a hit? I said, Michael, 
after this opens and people sees it, you could build one in the center of Manhattan, mm -hmm. downtown Chicago in the loop, Minneapolis downtown, which is very artsy fartsy, any number of places in 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 LA, but certainly pro probably um, downtown Disney, which they'd already decided that, that they were going to call that area. So on. I said you could build six of these around the country, and I said in in New York City there'd be a line around the block in January. And he goes, Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. not many Absolutely. years later i was in new york city with a, my girlfriend at the time and i'd heard about this place that had opened that was supposedly like adventures club called the jekyll and hyde club <laughs> and um i went and it was january and it was very cold and there was a line the length of the city block waiting to get in and so i asked the manager i said what's going on? He says well this is patterned after the adventures club at disney world and our boss, who's a multi-millionaire, just likes it. He does this as a hobby. Oh I was sitting gosh. having dinner, and there was a skeleton in the corner with a mortarboard hat on like graduation. He said, well, hi there. And I said, well, hi, how are you? And I could <laughs> see that in his eye socket was a TV camera. I said, I'm fine. He said, I drove by your house the other day. I said, oh, you did? How'd you know it was me? Uh, uh, oh, no, I said, uh, he said, uh, uh, he said, I saw you standing out front. And I said, well, why didn't you say something? He said, I didn't recognize you. Boom, boom, boom. That's a joke that I teach stage actors <laughs> to teach them how to jumpstart their mm -hmm. improvisational voice. I, I, and I thought, whoever's behind the scenes doing the skeleton is somebody that's worked for me. Ten minutes later, one of my actors from Streetmosphere, the studio tour, Citizens came out, and he had been hired along with about six or eight other actors from them because all of those things have been going for a while. So they went down oh and recruited gosh. these guys. Oh and my gosh. The, so thing, cool. the thing was popular. Uh, the food was terrible. It was like sub uh, hard rock cafe. And and I had said, I said to Michael when we were standing there talking about, is this going to work? So the only thing that we didn't do, we should not do the club next door, which was going to be a jazz club and became the Armadillo um, uh, Country Western Club. Neon Armadillo. I said, that should be a restaurant for the Adventures Club. It opens at 11 a.m. It op stays open till one, has its own set of characters as well, and so on. And they didn't yeah. do that. <laughs> but I think just Disney, they couldn't control it. It didn't make as much money as they want to. And they made the mistake, I think, of requiring that each of the venues at Pleasure Island make its own level of profit, rather than saying, let's look mm -hmm. at the right, right. It's okay to have a club that's for teenagers that won't do as well. It'll stay busy, but it won't do as well because teenagers don't spend a lot of money. Right. And that's fine, but give them a place to be. So uh, the Adventurers Club was great fun. I think you could do it again in a minute. I mm -hmm. think you could, in less than six months, remodel and transform the Edison into yep. the yeah. SBA <laughs> World Headquarters, and it would be a huge hit, and there would be a line every night out the door. Absolutely. I'm, well, I'm and, and correct me if I'm it. wrong. It, it just seems like, well, number one, at the time it closed, it was closing with everything else at Pleasure Island. So it wasn't just they closed that particular club only, like everything else started closing. And I'm guessing that it was just, I hate to use the word labor intensive, but because there was so much going on there with all the different roles, all the different characters and stuff, it was just, I guess, too much for Disney to keep up with. So they figured they would just close it along with everything else and then, you know, redo the whole thing. Is that sound like a fair assessment or was there more to it than that? It wasn't as expensive as you think. It was well worth it. 
They could have added more food and made it made it more worthwhile. It was mm-hmm. busy. It, it was as busy as it could possibly be, except maybe on Sunday nights when everybody's just getting into town. Right. You know, this Disney World is a Monday through Friday park. Yeah. It's a guest right. coming. You go home from work on Friday. You go get your new tennis shoes on Saturday. You get a plane on a Sunday. You go to <laughs> Disneyland is the opposite. It's busier on Saturday and Sunday than during the week because it's a local. 70% of the people who go to Disneyland live within a day's drive. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that there's a lot of dolphins and sharks coming there because it's 10 minutes from the beach. But right. um, <laughs> but, but it, it, th- th- there are ways that you could have increased the monetization of it. The popularity mm-hmm. of it was that compared to what they're doing now, night and day. It's, it, you know, it's, I mean, the Denison is, is a hugely expensive building in which they do nothing. They said it's steampunk. First night I yeah. went there, it opened a month. And a band came out. It was four pieces, a little jazz group. And they were fine. Mm-hmm. But it was live music. Right. And I was with the manager. And I said, I thought this was going to be steampunk. She said, well, their costumes are kind of, I said, kind of steampunk. Kind of <laughs> doesn't work. It's like no. sentences that begin with well. I thought this was going to be steampunk. Well, then don't finish the sentence. That's right. an excuse. And I said, by the way, the, the saxophonist, who's very good, came out and set his music on a, on a kind of an ornate music stand. His music was an iPod. Is that a steam-powered iPod, man? <laughs> you know, th- those are the kind of things that 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 Imagineering goes out of its way not to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I've been to the other thing. I think the food there is pretty good. I had the dancing corn dog appetizer, which was good. Um, it just feels like to me, steampunk is a theme that's only for a certain group of people. Like it's never been something I'm like, I love the steam, like the, the steampunk dragon at the, at the parade at yeah. the kingdom. It's, it's pretty cool, but that's because it's the only piece of that parade that has that steampunk theme. So it's very unique to do a whole restaurant. I'm like, okay, this is just, it's Fine. And it's just one. Yeah. Well, it's just one restaurant. That's fine. Right. Yeah. So one but, of my favorite is Enzo's Hideaway, which is the underground. Oh yeah. Now, yes. not everybody likes Italian. Not everybody likes you know that kind of going down in. Then mm-hmm. don't go. You know, it's it's and, remember and it's also very small too. It's very remember small. Small. the guy goes to the doctor and he and he says, "Doc, it hurts when I do that." The doctor says, "Don't do that." Right. <laughs> the other thing I want you to notice, and this is not to pick on you, David. We're we're longtime friends. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's not going to change. You just used the word "pretty" twice. Pretty good food, mm-hmm. and pretty interesting for dinner. I don't yes. want pretty anything. Yeah. You know, if I go to a place at, at anywhere at Disney World, and the food is pretty good. That's the last time I'm eating there. Yeah, that's a, that's a good but, point. There are two friends of mine here in town really who have three really good good restaurants. Just opened uh, an Irish pub. And I went the first night, and the, the lamb stew was off the chain. Fantastic. Ooh. Next time I went, I got the fish and chips. Love fish and chips. They weren't great. They weren't even pretty mm. good. The batter was too thick and crusty. The fish had right. no flavor. So I wrote to the to one of the owners. The, the, it's a husband and wife. And I said, you got to fix the fish and chips. And they did in a week. And it's fabulous now. You know, um, I always tell guests, wherever you go, a restaurant, a dry cleaner, a theme park, a cruise ship, always write or go to guest relations and say, we did this and it was great. And here's why. Specificity. Tell them why it was great so they'll keep doing it. You ever go back to your Mm -hmm. favorite restaurant and they don't have your favorite dish anymore? That's because nobody said that is a great dish. Yeah. 
And at the same time, if something was terrible, tell them why it was terrible or why it didn't live up to your expectations. Mm -hmm. I used to get every week because I was at when I at, at Disney, I got before I left Imagineer, I got directed to promoted to director level, big D director, which accessed me to a lot of a lot of stuff. And one of those things was an every other week, eight or ten page compendium of guest comments from Disney World and Disneyland. Just words, just typed out. And it was interesting what was on there. Marty asked me one time, our boss. He said, do guests think it were too expensive? I said, it's not about the price. It's about what you get for the price. If it costs you, yep. and I'll just round it off for now, $100 to a person to go to, to Disneyland, and you only get on three major attractions, that's not worth it. Mm -hmm. But if you want five, maybe it is, you know, as a family. I see moms Dallas. and dads doing the math in their head as they're standing in line at Spaceship Earth, or as what I call future sweaters of America. <laughs> and they get in line because they're sheep. They're going to be sweaters someday. And I, we used to do a show out there, Mr. I, a, a nutty professor. And it was only 10 minutes long because we had a human robot and so on. Mm -hmm. Robot, I'd put them away and then I'd go back on do it. And I said, folks, you don't have to stand in this line. It's the first line here. It's the line. Get out of the line. Come on, break away. <laughs> go back to Spaceship Earth. Go back to Italy. It's open now. It's wonderful. See the speakers. And I would get guests to get out of line and go somewhere else. Yeah. They'd come in the front gate and see this line. They say, it must be good. Let's get in line. And yeah. Say, yeah. If there's a line and it looks too long, don't stand in it. Right. Also, you know, you know, tell people whatever it says wait time is, they're lying. They make oh, it longer to keep always line. And they can make it without the line getting longer. They can make it shorter by adding 15 minutes to that number because they don't want to block traffic. And that's a great, that's a great system. I do too. I think, I, I think it's great. You know, I just tell people, if it looks too long for you, get another line. But don't walk over the park looking for the shortest line. So now we've got apps and that and, the, yeah. and that that helps a lot. But do tell do tell them what worked for you and why it was good. And geez, it wouldn't it be nice if. And mm -hmm. I do it every time I go to the park, to any park. I know. love that. So uh, be because people like me and other others who have more power than I ever had read those and, and things change. They do start. I mean, I, I do think that they, you know, with the changes that they're making now, it seems like they're starting to listen to, you know, some of the guest feedback and things like that. And, but I wonder if, um, do you think that if there were enough people who said, could we bring back an adventurers club? Do you think that they would? ever consider because I only ever got to go once. It was on my honeymoon and my husband grew up like his family always went to the Adventurers Club because he was going to Disney since, you know, like 1975 or something like that. So they always went and they always went to the Adventurers Club. They have all sorts of memories of it, but I don't, I don't only have the one because I was too there, young. I, I want to believe that's possible. There are five or six or eight or 10 Facebook sites dedicated to the Adventures Club and SCA, mm -hmm. the Society of Explorers and Adventures, which is a completely mm -hmm. fictitious organization that connects about 16 different Disney rides all over the world. Yeah, There are thousands of people who love the Adventures Club. There's the annual, what's it called? It's not the Adventures Day, but it takes place both in, in Magic Kingdom, Florida oh. and Disneyland. Yes. And, um, I We ran into them one time. Yeah, it's um, like a safari uh, adventure or something. Yeah, something like and, that. Yeah, it's, a, it's it's like an in the park, um, 
mystery. Mm-hmm. You have to find clues and so completely yeah. put on. A lot of the people that do it are cast members, but it's not an official thing. But right. the park lets them do it. Uh, they don't in, impede anything, and it's no. very popular. Uh, and they'll get a couple hundred people who come to that. And you'll say, well, how do I get involved in that? We'll give them the website and so on and so on. Yeah. So um, I think if they did it, mm-hmm. it would be huge. I, I do too. I don't believe they will. <sighs> That's so sad. It was so good. I have a, <laughs> an acquaintance who's one of the major sponsors, um, people who owns and operates. Um, how can I say this without giving away? Um, uh, it, it, He's a, what do they call them? Anyway, he, his company is at Epcot. Oh, and okay. you've been to what they do. You've eaten their food and drunk their drinks and so on. And you think, oh, it's, this is Disney. Disney does that. Sure. Right? Um, like the old Alfredo's of Rome in Italy. That was run by an outside company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember Alfredo's. That was good. So he's one of those kind of guys. And he's very interested in in doing adventures club oh, uh yes. he's a young guy uh i would say early 40s and so he and i are talking and um i've identified there's there's no place there's a couple of spots out at out at the west end of adventure okay of, of pleasure island that i think you could do it it needs to be in a traffic area yes so it will be discovered by people who have no idea what it is mm-hmm. um and as i say you could transform the Denison in a heartbeat and turn it into something. Right, right now, people go because they go in and it's interesting. It's interesting because they've never seen anything like it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it could be so much more. And I it's agree. A, it's a missed opportunity. And when you've got a place the size of Disney World, there's hundreds of missed opportunities. So you go on to the next not yeah. missed, but good, good things. It's too bad. It is. It is because it was, it was really cool. And my husband has great memories of it. So <laughs> yeah, I would have liked to have been there and seen it. Like I was, I was at Disney World at the time it existed, but we never went there. So well, there, um, I encourage know. people to Google the event Disney Adventures Club on YouTube, mm-hmm. watch it, and see if it doesn't look like something you would have loved to. Would have loved it. Have well, I mean, you're behind you on those shelves. Looks like the Adventures Club back there with all the things you've got going on. <laughs> it looks like my office actually where I've got all my collectibles and Funkos and just things just piled up and kind of you know, yours is actually much more much more of an order than mine is because mine's I'm running out of I have a I have a good friend who we who we both know, David, um, who who has a very interesting office. His is interesting because it's a mess. This I do on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was fantastic. That was so, I mean, every time he is on, I just sit there and I just want to keep listening because his stories are so amazing. I have so <laughs> many questions about so many things because he'll tell a story. And of course, McGarry's yeah. the kind of guy that he, if you get him on a subject, he will talk, which is great because I'm like, tell me more about Eisner. Tell me more about Marty. Like, tell, like, tell me about everything. Tell, tell, tell me about everything. <laughs> what about, you know, like, it's, it's fantastic. So he's really great. Yeah. And of course, guys, um, there's a lot more to that conversation that you did not hear. And what we're going to do is we're going to break this up into two episodes because yeah. we don't want to give you a two hour episode. We could, 
but we don't want to do that. So we're going to break this up into two hours, uh, two parts. Next week, we're going to talk about curiosity. He will retell the Tower of Terror story. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk about some other fun stuff as well. And even there's several things we didn't even get to in our conversations that uh, we'll have to get to next time. But we have we will have him back on the but show. We will. So. We will. So, Jen, um, by the time, this is actually the last episode you're here in the country for. Correct. Um, because by the time the next episode drops, you will be overseas where are you that going so um there is a disney cruise and i think you've heard me mention it before but we are it, it's one of those opportunities that popped up the itinerary is so amazing um and so there are a lot of us who decided to jump on it like just like let, let's go um independently of one another we all just discovered like oh my gosh cool like you're on this too oh that's nice um so we are starting in london um the southampton port and then we will be doing a stop in cherbourg france which is near normandy um then we are doing three stops in iceland a stop in uh, norway and then we end up in copenhagen so um Love it. that is gonna be so such a cool thing. Um, some mm -hmm. other stars are there. Our good friend Marcy and Rory will be there. Kyla, Kyla, um, Kyla will be there. Kyla, Kyla, Kyla uh, will be there. Exciting. The girls. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a really, really good time. That's awesome. And where can people find you and follow all your adventures? Um, at Upon a Star Jen is my, um, you know, like my upon a star related Instagram right. and then um, right. also Facebook, you know, all those places. Uh, my personal Instagram is at Jen underscore Novotny. On any given day, I might update either one of those mm -hmm. i'm also now on threads under at yes. jen underscore novotny right. um so i i don't know how much i'll be posting on there i'll try to keep up with a little bit of everything Threads is a fun different it's a different animal it's uh, it is it's a different animal so i yeah we're still kind of figuring that one out but um yeah that's where you can find me but um but ahead of course this uh we mentioned emily which whether we mentioned her in this hour, we will mention her next hour or something like that. But of course, Emily, our friend, runs Bluebird Gifting Company, and she is a great, uh, great resource when it comes to things delivered there at the parks, at the resorts, things like that, baskets and gift baskets and whatever else. Give her a contact. Find her at bluebird.gifting.co, bluebird.gifting.co mm -hmm. on Instagram. Also, our friend Kyla is Disney Geek 27. That's Disney yes, Geek. She is. 27. You can find her as well and follow her because she's going to be posting. She posts a lot more than actually um, that you do. Uh, so she'll be posting she probably several times a day when it she comes does. to uh, when it comes to the, the trips and everything. So we're excited about that. Yeah. So make sure you follow her as well. Um, of course, follow me at yeah. the Magic on a Dollar. Uh, which if make sure you're listening this weekend and, and check out some of the links I'm going to be posting. I was on LA Magazine with uh, my yes, friend you Gina were. and Brian Bishop. If those names sound familiar, if you've ever heard of Adam Carolla, they were the co-hosts of the Adam Carolla Show for a decade. And now they have their own podcast, The Brian and Gina Show uh, for LA Magazine. I was on there talking about Disney a couple of days ago. So that's coming out this weekend, which is exciting. So listen there as yes, well. So very exciting. All of our plugs. I'm not going to be going overseas, but I do get to talk to Gina and Brian. So I'm excited about that. Um, but make sure, of course, you talk, uh, you listen next week. As of course, we got more McNair coming up with a lot more stuff going on as well. So uh, until then, for Jen. Oh, and by the way, I do want to say that if you hear the background noises and the chirpings and the hollers, whatever, that was my kid. I'm at home alone with my kid. I'm podcasting downstairs. And you know what? This is life. My kid's actually stuck his head in the video a couple of times, but uh, that's okay. He's happy on the couch eating his uh, lunch with a, with an iPad. So he's he's that's all good. good. He's all good. So for my kid Gamble, for Jen, for McNair, <laughs> and I'm Dave. And hey, don't forget to thank your Phoenicians. Thank you for listening to the Main Street Electrical Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The MSE Podcast. Or visit our website at themsepodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe 
And may all your wishes come true.